Right. We are semi live. Let me send out some invites. Let's see who catches the drift. Let's start sending these out and see who bites. Just getting ready. The show starts at 7. And right now it is... Alright, Tagbu's on the line. What's going on, Tagbu? Just getting set up. I'm not going to officially get anything going till 7. If you can hear me, say something in the chat so I can make sure my levels are working fine. If you can hear me, let me know. Type a little something. How do I sound? How do I sound out in this world? Let me know. Feedback is appreciated. Um, like I said, just getting things set up. No real objective at the moment. Y'all know it. You know, because generally, it takes me about a good two hours to get, you know, really going. Um, I'm going to play a song right now that kind of fits the vibe of what I'm talking about. It's really my go-to song when, when I'm on the verge of wanting to um, give up. It's in my, all right. Y'all may have heard this song. It is Believe by Stigma. I'm so live. So now please. see the visuals of it it's a dope it's a joint album between them and um Hussein Gaddafi the guys that used to run with Tupac 
called Can't Sell Dope for Every Mixtape. This is probably one of the most powerful songs on it. Show starts to say. just back to back when I was working out um, that part of the whole equation is the hardest part of the whole equation I'm actually going to send that out to a friend of mine so she can hop on Sam what's going on be a man what's going on fly T fly what's going on Taco, what's going on um, that part about just believing in yourself is it's a much bigger piece of the puzzle than I initially thought. Um, a friend of mine, I keep saying, um, a friend of mine reached out to me and she texted me. I'm not going to say who it is, but she simply said, you're right. I'm like, right, right about what? She said that you were right. I always knew this whole time what I wanted to do I just finally admitted it to myself and that is something that I'm coming to grips more and more with and understanding more and more that and I honestly believe this and I pretty much would challenge anybody I'm gonna raise this up just a little bit hope that sounds better if it does let me know I would challenge anybody that says well I don't know what I like to do. I find that very hard to believe for multiple reasons, right? So, why is it that if you ask a child, what do you like to do for fun? Very rarely is the answer, I don't know. A child will tell you, oh, I like to do this, I like to do that, I like to do this. Why is it that when you become an adult, that becomes so much harder. Hold on. All right. Be a man. I just sent you an invite. You said you want to hop on and start talking. Why is it that as a... Okay. Hey, be a man. What's going on, man? Howdy. Oh, hold on for one second. It's coming out of a different speaker. Keep talking. I want to see something. All right. Yeah, it's coming out of my. St I'm glad you called in. Yes, sir. Because I, it's, it's talking through my microphone on my computer. That's weird. That's, yeah, it does weird stuff. And since that's not what I want, uh, where it sounds at? Here we go. Doing so I need to figure out how to do it from the computer too, because, uh, or if that's even possible, because it, it is. I like it to is. Use Okay, because right, I like to use my, yeah, I hear you. 
Okay, all you have to do is go through. Yes, I am on. Yes, I am on. All you have to do is go through uh, your settings and go to sound. I use a Scarlet 2i2. That's what I've been using this whole time. Uh, and it's easy. It's plug and play. All right, I'll have to look at it. In. How do I join? Now, TSM, what's going on? Do you have headphones? Um, no worries. But yeah, what I was saying is, why is it that wired? Why is it that it's so easy for a child to tell you what they like to do, whereas an adult who's been on this planet for quite some time struggles with that? And that it's doesn't really. Out of it's, 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 it's not a, worked as a, as a gentle word. It's pretty much pummeled and beaten out of us. Uh, I think everybody's kind of had that experience where, especially young, where you've expressed a desire to do something or some kind, and you are pretty much met with ridicule. You are pretty much met with ridicule and told that you cannot do insert task. And what's interesting is that once you're told that, you internalize that. A lot of us do. A lot of us say, oh, no, I don't care what people think. That's untrue. Because how can you say that statement, but then you're not living in your true purpose? And the thing about it is, when I initially challenge people with this, the question, come through. And when I um, initially challenge people with the question, and here's how I framed the question in the beginning. If a magic genie were to come down, well, magic genie, and he said, hey, look, I'm only going to be here for the next 10 seconds. If you allow me, I, I tap you, thing, and you'll be the best at whatever thing you choose. But if you don't make a choice, I'll just leave in 10 seconds. Now, what was interesting about that, when I asked people that, they would tell me, well, uh, I don't know. And so I pressed a little bit more. So I'm like, so you're telling me if a genie came or an alien or whatever and said, the alien question is a little different, that you have 10 seconds and I'll make you the best, the absolute unequivocal best at whatever you want, you would just let this genie disappear. And people said yes. That was actually pretty alarming to me. Uh, cool. Uh, that was actually pretty alarming to me. Because it, if you're not able to flesh out your life, I'm in the fog, what's going on? You can try to call in. There we go. All right, I think she might be coming on the line. Coming on the line. If not, try one more time to ask for an invite. And we'll get you going and get this pot cooking. But while I wait for her, hold on. Let me get some headphones. All right, well, I'll keep talking. Um, if you weren't able to do it in that circumstance where victory is assured to where you know that this genie would be able to grant you whatever, well, then how are you going to be able to do that in day-to-day -day life? And what I mean by that is if you're not able to set a course or trajectory for yourself in perfect conditions, do you have a chance in imperfect conditions? Over the last couple of weeks, I've been making a lot of forward progress 
with some of my business plans. Getting my DVA, getting a little, a little uh, square box so I can start selling some of my artwork. And I finally went out and bought the tickets for the 16th, October 16th, to go sell at the Shrine of the Black Madonna. And as soon as I bought the tickets to sell, I instantaneously got very nervous. I got very nervous. I hit my boy up at VMA. And part of me was like, started to think of reasons to get out, telling myself that I didn't have enough inventory, telling myself that I needed to go scout the place out. Even though I had been there a number of times already, my food is on the way. Uber Eats is the devil. I had already been there a number of times and I knew what to expect. But for some odd reason, defeat and doubt started to creep into my mind. Real, real subtle, real, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. And that kind of leads into the topic of today, which is the mystery of the glass box. Featuring A. Simpson, who we'll get on today. So, I have a theory that if you have a box, right, the glasses in said box, and you shake it all up, you shake up the box, glass breaks all up inside of it, but when you open the box, where are all the glass pieces? Record my notes. Where are all the glass pieces? Well, they're still in the box, even though they're broken up, rattled around, and shake it up. That doesn't mean they still don't exist. And so what I've come to realize in this pursuit of finding what I like to do, I've come to realize that my job was to rewind and simply go and revert to the things that I liked doing as a child. Recently, I've taken a, an insane amount of interest in the photography. DLSR cameras, shooting in manual mode, ISO. Um, apertures, shutter speed, all this kind of stuff, right? And I was like, man, I really like that. And then I go into Photoshop and I'm editing, I'm clicking around, showing way more patience and diligence than I have with a lot of tasks. And then it hit me. I was like, well, wait a second. I remember that my parents in their, in their, um, in their closet had an old DLSR camera or a little shutter camera. I can't remember the brand, but I used to sit around and play with it and click it and open it and close it. So the natural interest was there. And then I went and looked back at some photos that I took in Chicago. Me and my wife went, and I was doing the same thing that I'm doing now. I was sitting there, you know, taking pictures of artwork and flipping it and doing my own thing to it. So the natural inclination was always there but it just had got broken up in my spirit to where instead of chasing the things that were internal to me to make me happy, I squashed those things. I don't know why. It's almost like a masochistic type thing. I don't know what compelled me to get as far away from the things that make me internally happy yeah, that didn't even make a lot of sense. Now that I'm sitting here really thinking about it, 
Why would I do something like that? Why instead of running to the things that bring me fulfillment and enjoyment? As I got older, I started doing the opposite. I started trying to find things that would damage me. That doesn't even make any sense at all. The more and more I let it melt in my brain, and it probably had a lot to do with a sense of self-worthlessness. A major fly outside influence. It, it did have some outside influence because because I wasn't really I really wasn't picky about who I let in my circle. Not picky like I am now. Because I realize now that who you keep around you is hella important. And the reason why it's so important is because when you, it's not for the reason that I initially thought it was. The reason that I initially thought keeping certain people around you was for one reason only. Hold on. I thought it was for motivation and keeping the haters off, stuff like that. Hold on. Hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. How are you doing? Perfect. I'm good. I'm just... Okay. Settling in. Yeah. Take your time. Um, nope, I'm good. I'm ready. Hi. Okay. Hey, hey. So this hey. is my friend, Amanda. Friend of my brother's, friend of Katie. We've known each other for years. Gosh, and since at least junior, since I was in junior high. Yeah. Oh, geez. Thanks yeah. I always forget how... I know. I figured. I figured you. You. You're old. I didn't want to age you, but uh, well, you know, aging you myself my, aged you. Helping with my memory because you know that's the first thing that goes. It, it, hey, you just aged yourself. No, it's all good. You know what? <laughs> Even though there's some things about getting older I don't enjoy, there's a lot of things I like about it that are a lot better. I love getting older. I it's I I uh, I always run into uh, ladies. Who are under thirty? Mm -hmm. Who are like getting close to it and freak out? I loved turning thirty. I get pumped like when I. It? Uh, it really felt like um, a light switch went on mm -hmm. in me on so many different levels. So I was more sure of myself. I was like literally my thirtieth birthday. It was like a light switch turned on, and it was like, hey, you know what? You don't have to just put up with anybody's shit. Man. You're old enough to make your own decisions. And you're actually a full-fledged adult lady. And so I always get so excited when I, I talk to younger women who are like 27, 28, 29. I'm always like, I can't wait for you to be 30. Because just it was just such a good wake-up, light-switch age for me. And I want that for, like, everybody. Yeah. You know, the thing about talking to younger people is that it can be infuriating and motivating mm -hmm. at the same time. Because mm -hmm. you can get around some young people, um, you can get around some young people and they will just dismiss all your, your ideas and thoughts as old people foolishness. But then on the opposite side, you'll get some young people who are like, 
tuned into what you're talking about. Like mm-hmm. they pretty much listen to everything you say and they follow the advice. Well, that's good and it's bad. And the reason why, they, even though they're listening to what they what I'm saying, they don't necessarily know if I'm a good person with their best intentions at heart. Yeah, and you, and you know, honestly, with that, like advice in general, and it's mm-hmm. it's. I just feel like I need to say this, you know, because we're going to talk about uh, based off the title, my favorite subject, trauma, uh, but. Advice from one person isn't the above all end all advice. What works for me might not work for another person. Um, My mentality, my way of approaching conflict, my way of approaching people can be completely different than someone else. And so advice to me is always a guideline, Mm -hmm. you know? Now, if I'm telling you, you know, if I'm telling you don't shoot up heroin or, you know, don't cheat on your significant other or, you know, some some sound advice, some mm-hmm. obvious advice, then, you know, I, I, I do expect someone to hear that, listen to that. But at the end of the day, advice is just a guideline. Mm-hmm. It's a guidance. It's someone else hopefully telling you something about their own experience mm-hmm. to give you some education, but it might not work for you. And I think some people get caught up in, well, this is what someone said, so I have to do it, and vice versa. Um, There are people that get angry when you don't take their advice. Mm -hmm. Like, how dare you don't take my advice? And people don't really understand, like, that worked for you. You know, I'm giving you, if I tell you a problem, I'm giving you a glimpse Mm -hmm. into my situation. And and so your advice it should always come with the understanding that maybe that person's not going to take it, you yeah. know. Yeah. No. No. That's a that's a really that's a really interesting and valid like that's an incredibly valid point because when you give somebody advice, all you can give them is a screenshot of the error message that you got. Mm-hmm. that's all you're giving them and just like you know like I know just because there's an error message on your screen it doesn't mean that it's the only way to solve that problem mm-hmm. and so nobody's vice is sage because we all have our own paths to walk and exactly. no person on the planet is able to walk in the exact same footsteps as you all, so when I give people advice now there's a couple of criteria they have number one I ask them, do they want my advice? I mean, mm-hmm. I ask very clearly, are you asking for my advice or are you just wanting to talk? Mm-hmm. Because I'm okay with both. I just need to know where we're at. Yeah. So I, don't, so I don't, if you just want me to listen, I'll just listen because I don't have to give people advice anymore. I thought when somebody no. came to me with a problem, if I had heard it so many times, it was my due diligence to give them the solution. People yeah, don't no. always want that. No, I, I've started doing... Uh... Do you want to vent or you want advice? Do you, mm-hmm. do you want to solve the problem or you want to get the problem off your chest? Because mm-hmm. it, 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 it's different. And yeah. I had to learn that because I was getting frustrated with people. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom, my mom especially is probably uh, the person I dealt with it the most where I'm just venting. Yeah. I don't want you to solve my problems. I'm a fucking adult lady. Also, am I allowed to cuss on this? I don't know. You can do whatever you want. Okay, I didn't. I didn't know the rules, but I can't promise you anything. (laughs) Just fucking have at it. (laughs) 
Oh, you just opened the floodgates of yeah, profanity. Man. Thank yeah, you man. so much. You Glad to hear do. it. Yes, but but you know, I'm hey lady, I'm just I'm venting to you. I just want some comfort in, yeah. in venting. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't need you to solve my problems. No. And you know what's more important I've realized and, it, and now that I'm saying it out loud, it makes more sense. Somebody comes to you with a heart problem, you give them a head solution. Mm-hmm. That's not what they want. Generally, mm-hmm. when people come to you with the heart problem, what they're actually wanting from you is they're trying to see if the, the issue that they're having is normal. That's really mm-hmm. what they're trying to see. They're trying to make sure, hey, I'm dating such and such. Such and such did this. Hey, I have an issue with my coworker. They said this. They don't want you to be like, well, you need to go up in there right now. Or you need, uh-huh. no, man, you know, that happened to me too. Or, you know, that did happen to me. And I don't quite understand why you're feeling what you're feeling, but I'm willing to listen. Yeah. Make yeah. me understand. People like that better than a quote unquote solution. Yeah. And and even even hearing, you know, you mentioned, oh, well, I've dealt with that sometimes. I've dealt with it too. You know, I, I want to just caution people mm. um, just because actually this is very recent for me dealing with my mom and my sister. They got an argument and somehow I got roped into the argument unintentionally. But at the end of the day, it was people don't want to hear that sometimes that you've had it worse or there's no, someone dealing with it no, worse. No, and people think they're helping. Me. Yeah. And people think they're helping because in their mind, they're trying to um, put everything in perspective. I'm trying to put everything in perspective. And the reality is when you do that, you're dismissing someone regardless of yes. your intentions. Yes. And and that just and, and whenever I say intentions, it always reminds me intention does not uh, absolve impact. It right. you can you you know, there's a reason the saying is, you know, the best intentions you know, the road to hell is paved with the best intentions. Mm-hmm. That comes from a reason. Like you mm-hmm. can have the best intentions, but your message be, could could be making someone feel another way. And so that's why I always try. I, and I don't always. That's a lie. That's, mm-hmm. that's a bold-faced lie because most people don't always anything. Uh, but I'm, I try and be more aware of mm-hmm. when I am – dismissive of someone else's feelings Mm -hmm. sometimes you try and connect with someone by being like oh me too that Mm -hmm. you don't even realize you're barreling over their emotions yeah no and and really you know it's really an asshole move because Mm -hmm. what you're doing (laughs) (laughs) that you're what you're doing is you're telling the person (laughs) that i got through it look at me stop being a bitch and just power through yeah, and it honestly at that point it's more about you than that other person. And it's mm-hmm. kinda like if you don't want to listen to the other person there, you're not you don't have the capacity for it, just say that. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I'm guilty of acknowledging that maybe I don't always have the capacity to mm-hmm. take on someone else's emotional burden, even if that is just hearing someone vent. Yeah. You know. You know, I've also had to realize that <clears throat> You know, for some people, they look at me as somebody that has these answers and they mm-hmm. come to me, they'll come to me with an, a problem or an issue or just something that they're upset about and they'll start to vent to me. 
And then I, I've started to slowly realize that sometimes the very best thing to do is you don't have to have some kind of witty, sage, something, or even a solution. I keep telling this, but like, listen, just listen and let them talk. Because so many of us have very, very few, it's less than five fingers of people that we can honestly vent to, that we can Mm -hmm. talk about our concerns and that there's no judgment. There's no, and people don't realize they do this when you ever tell somebody a problem that you're having and they make a micro expression on their face. It might just slip by for a second where they look at you like a freak and you're like, Ooh, geez. Okay. I just won't talk anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh I you know, I I love my mother. I love I do I do love that woman. She is my my life giver as I call her, my half of me. I'm literally half of her. Mm-hmm. Uh but she I, I just always remember mm-hmm. growing up that like telling her something, mm-hmm. you know, venting to her, you know, telling even if I was telling her a solution to a problem, you know, she'd purse her lips or squint mm-hmm. her eyes or mm-hmm. you know Okay, you know, and and people don't even realize realize their um, implied warrants. You know, people want to hide behind vagueness sometimes mm-hmm. and look at you and go, "Well, I I didn't say that." Yeah, but and you implied to, it exactly. On and every level, and people don't want to take accountability for the way what they say and do, whether it's it's blatant or implied. Mm-hmm still impacts people. Everything you do, the way you look at people, your tone, your body language, all of that impacts the way someone's going to receive the message. Mm -hmm. And I always say that if the receiver isn't sending the message the way you intended it, then maybe you didn't send the message the way you thought you did. Mm -hmm. And and so, yeah, people don't understand how discouraging Mm -hmm. little moments can be for someone. And it, and it closes you up. I'm, I'm guilty of it. You know, yeah. I feel like someone's not listening to me or they're about to belittle me. I'll be the first person to be like, you know what? Never mind. Forget it. Forget it. Never mind. Don't worry about it. Don't even worry about it. You know, it's, it's really funny that you say that just in, in those terms, especially with the, the micro expressions and microaggressions is mm-hmm. I've started to realize more and more that these people know exactly what they're doing and they're mm-hmm. purposefully doing it, <laughs> but they're not owning up to it. And really yeah. what's happening is you're getting gaslit. And for the yeah. longest time, I would have these relationships with people that would do these little weird shits to me. And I would sit there and this is just me because I'm, um, I'm very compulsive in nature. When mm-hmm. I get locked in on something, I'm, I'm going digging deep into the thing. And so I would sit there rummaging in my head thinking, <clears throat> okay, this person claims that they're my friend, but they keep saying and doing these little things. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should, when I confront them about this, these things, they deny it. And because mm-hmm. I've had issues with boundaries and self-esteem, I don't know if it's just my trauma speaking and if I'm just tripping yeah. This person wants to be my friend <laughs> and because I'm not cool and this is in my head because I'm not cool I don't have a lot of friends I should cherish the people that want to be around me well as mm-hmm. I get older let me tell you this I'm my own best company 
I do mm-hmm. like people. I very much like people, but I've learned to establish boundaries and I've gotten to a place that if I have two options, one being by myself or being around people who do things like that to me, I'd rather be by myself because Absolutely. the only solution, the only solution for dealing with people like that, it is not confrontation. <clears throat> yeah. And what I mean by that is you can tell them one time, Hey, I see you cut the shit out for a respect aspect, not for a friendship basis, but simply to establish respect. Mm-hmm. And then I don't fool with those people anymore. Before, I used to fire back at them, also make passive aggressive remarks, and we'd be mm-hmm. going back and forth. I don't like that shit. So I don't do no. it anymore. I simply tell you one time, I see you, and then I cut. I re- if you don't change your behavior, I just reduce my contact to needed. Yeah, I mean, that, that to me is just standard boundary setting. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, a, a lot of people are, you know, I say a lot of people, excuse me, I'm speaking for myself. I assume everybody else has to feel this way, right? Because this is, this is normal. Um, boundaries are hard. They are. You know, we're, we're taught that someone's your friend, you're my friend for life. You know, yeah, we're taught, yeah. you know, Just blood bullshit. is thicker than blood is thicker than water. And so we're taught at a very young age to accept people for all their faults. And it's mm-hmm. at, it's, it's at one, some point where you're saying, am I accepting this person at my own detriment? And, yeah. and if you're asking yourself that, the answer is usually yes. Yeah. And, and, and you just can't do that. You just, I, I can't do it. <laughs> I won't do it. I've actually cut off a couple friends. Now I will say, I always leave the door open. You know, I I I am quick to cut you off. If you fuck around, you will find out. But it's usually because at some point you're you're dis- disrupting my peace. And knowing me as a person, Donaldson, you know me as a person. You think I didn't tell you at some point you're crossing a boundary? <laughs> I think not. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I told and you so, this is intentional at this point. Yeah, at this point it's intentional. At this point you know, may, and, and I take responsibility for it where I'll say, hey, maybe I'm not the person for you mm-hmm. anymore. And it's okay. And it's okay. I can wish you well and good things, but you're not going to fuck around with my peace because it's all I've got. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure I will keep bringing up my mother, bless her heart. But I will say one thing she did say to me as a kid that, you know, if you say to kids now or someone on the surface would be like, damn, that's mean. But my mom used to say, if you, maybe you're a boring person. Oh, wow. And she would tell me that as a kid. So I was like, Oh, I'm not boring. I'm not, you know, and she was really saying like, go play with yourself, right? Go entertain yourself. But she would say that. And unintentionally, I did learn to like to be by myself. You know, I, I going to dinner, going to breakfast by myself, going to movies by myself, mm-hmm. going shopping by myself, just being in my own space. Mm-hmm. And even though I deal with depression and anxiety, which it sounds like, oh, if I have depression and anxiety, the last thing you want to do is by yourself and be trapped with your, your own thoughts and feelings. But that shit's comfortable as fuck. <laughs> I know, right? So I, I, I like... Um, my own company, 
you know, I, I like spending time alone and I will really clam up and shut down because I just don't want to deal with the outside stressors of individuals and especially individuals that are, you know, stealing my peace. You can't, you can't do that. You can't do be. Do you think that can be a bad thing though? Um, I, I think it can, which is why I say, um, I always leave the door open. I had a friend I didn't talk to for probably two years and we finally reconnect. So my door is always open. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's how soon you cut people off and the way you do it. Right. Yeah. You know, I think if you're cutting people off without, without communicating with them, that's without wrong. trying to resolve the problem first, that's wrong. If mm-hmm. you're cutting people off at the first indiscretion, that's wrong. If you're, you know, not even trying to work it out and you don't tell the person and they don't know you're in a confrontation, you just stop hanging out with them. That's wrong. That's what I had to work on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But overall, like, no, that's your piece. You know, I can't. In fact, I used to say I'm a depressed person. I think and talk shit about myself enough. I can't have people in my life that add to that. Or say the same things that my depression do. And that to me is more what I'm doing. I'm getting rid of people that exasperate my depression, that say things that my depression says, that say things that my anxiety says. Like, I, I, trust me, you can never say anything worse to me than I've already said to myself, so I don't need it. And you know, I was talking to, I want to say I was talking to my wife about this about brainwashing right what is brainwashing well when we think of brainwashing we think of ptsd we think about some kind of soldier i always think of marvel movies like i you know (laughs) winter soldier someone came in they you know they they taught you a bunch of passwords they they tie you to a chair hold on Mm -hmm. somebody they tie you to a chair and then they play these messages over and over in your head you know, all hail um, Apple, all hail Apple. And then you come mm-hmm. out and you're brainwashed, right? Well, then yeah. here, here's the question. If brainwashing is re- a repetitive message over and over and over to an unwilling participant, to an unwilling participant, right? But it's still been shown to be effective. Well, then what would negative self-talk do to you? Because here's what's... Here's what's even worse about negative self-talk. Unlike with brainwashing, you have a willing you have a willing participant. Unlike with brainwashing, which is probably confined to a room or a bed, you brainwash yourself on the go. From the mm-hmm. moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, you're sitting there telling th- you telling yourself things about yourself on a constant and consistent basis. I was reading the mm-hmm. book um, I was reading this book and I and I'm actually reading it for you. And oh, stop it. No, no, seriously. <laughs> and it's it's a really hard read. What what is it? It, it? The name of the book I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, the body keeps the score. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, no, I have I have not. I'm I'm interested to hear about it because just based off of the title, mm-hmm. uh, it reminds me of some of my um, work with my therapist. So I want to hear it before I, I, I just say an assumption. So it, it's really, it, 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 
Let me get my words together. So basically, it's talking, it talks about, and I'm going to have to talk more about it on the next one because I wasn't able to get through as much of this book as I thought I was going to be able to because it really hit some sore spots. Mm-hmm. It talks about how trauma <clears throat> can be manifested in the physical body. Mm-hmm. And so the one that really stood out to me, uh, I was reading a YouTube summary or I was listening to a YouTube summary and it was talk, and it was talking about how people who, who, um, who were mentally beaten down with their kid kids and power was taken away from them. It mm-hmm. shows up in the way they walk or how they run. Mm-hmm. They're repressed. And so the solution to that isn't talk therapy. They encourage those people to take up a physical sport, such as kickboxing, beating mm-hmm. up a drum, because it allows that person to exert power and, and to be their I am. And I heard yeah. that and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. So, so my ther- so I had um, about two years ago had like a straight up, I'm about to have a complete mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. And um, I made the decision two, almost three years ago. Uh, and I made the decision that I wanted to take control of my mental health. And so um, my couples therapist at the time recommended an individual therapist for just me, myself and I. And uh, my therapist, absolutely lovely woman. Absolutely lovely woman. I absolutely adore her. Um, she actually cannot be my therapist anymore, uh, cause she's from California. Oh, hello. I'm still, I'm still here. Oh, hello. Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. I can hear you. And she's from California and she actually, uh, got a temporary license when I moved in to Texas to keep, uh, treating me, which Shout out to her. Best best gift I'd ever seen. Never felt more appreciated in my life. And a lot of the things we were always doing were working with how my emotions and my trauma, I'm feeling them in my body. You know, so it wasn't, she would, um, we talk about a trauma or a memory. You know, what do you feel? What do you think? You know, think back on that memory. And she would always ask me, where do you feel it? I feel, you know, what are you feeling? I'm feeling angry. Where do you feel angry? I feel it in my chest. My chest feels tight. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel it in my shoulders. I feel it in my feet. I feel it, you know, I feel it in my jaw. Whatever you're feeling is connected to your body. And honestly, mm-hmm. she would tell you, okay, now focus on that. Sit with that mm-hmm. and, and feel mm-hmm. where that goes. Now, where do you, what do you feel now? And where does that feel in your body? And I think people don't, or at least for me, I wasn't getting that mind-body connection. And Mm. people don't realize, and I didn't realize, how much your body suffers from trauma. Mm -hmm. You know, it's why kids growing up, you know, your kid has a stomach ache every every other morning. Mm -hmm. You know, that's Mm -hmm. a sign of anxiety. There's something else going through that manifests in your body. And if you don't tend to it, those things will kill you. Mm -hmm. You know, that that trauma eats you. And so when you say, Mm -hmm. like, your posture, 
you know, the way you move in the world is affected by trauma as a kid. I think that, that, that resonates, you know, that how, how can it not? And I encourage people, you know, the next time you're angry, sit with it. And where do you feel it? Yeah, you know? man. Let it like, ride with, through. Yeah, sit with it. Yeah. And, and we're so yeah. busy trying to get past it that we don't process it. Which, you know, is why I don't like people that are like, well, you know, I did this and this happened to me and I'm fine. Well, yeah, you've gotten a chance to process it. I don't get to skip the process, you know, portion of this assignment because you're telling me I'll get through it. There's still a processing portion. And it's just so detrimental not to process things. Good, bad, or in between. It's it's so funny that you say that because I keep going back to this book that I read. Hold on. Um, the four agreements, right? Mm-hmm. And two of the four agreements were don't think, don't take things personally, and don't make assumptions. And so now, yeah. what I've been doing, what I've been doing now is so in the past I would get an emotion. And I wouldn't sit in like something that I did or whatever, something that or something someone did to me. Mm-hmm. I would take the emotion and just kind of stuff it, right? Bury mm-hmm. it, not really address it. And then it would manifest in all types of physical ailments. Mine would center in my stomach. I would get mm-hmm. bad GI issues. I would not eat or I'd be taking dumps all the time, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, When I started sitting with my emotions and asking myself one very simple question, why did what this happen? Why, with what just happened, why is it making me feel the way that it is? Mm -hmm. Simple. And I would just sit there Mm -hmm. with it like, okay, why is this, why is this making me angry? Well, it's making me angry because I feel like this disrespect person disrespected me. Okay. What evidence do you have that this person disrespected the action? Okay, well, besides the action, what else do you have? Well, I really have nothing. Okay, mm-hmm. is this really about the person, or is it about some shit from fifth grade that you're bringing to this <laughs> present moment? And, yeah, and honestly, yeah. nine times out of ten, it has nothing to do with the person, not the yeah. level that I brought it to. <clears throat> sometimes, sometimes I say to myself, "Am I? is this really happening, or am I viewing it through the lens of my trauma? Uh, mm-hmm. my, my therapist called me out. Uh, a long time ago and said are these things really happening or are you assigning your interpretation to it so much we do it we do it and, and we don't and even we do, realize it and we do which it which it sounds right like um <clears throat> counterproductive to what we were saying before which is people have all these implied warrants and then these implied things and i think as you 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 deal with people you can you know i my mom, I've known you since I came out of the womb. I know when you're implying something and not, you know. But like you're saying, mm-hmm. I can't take everything personally. You know, sometimes the issue no. isn't me. Sometimes there's something going on with them. Sometimes I tell people, please don't make your shit my shit. You know, that's a you, that's a you thing to kind of sort out. Mm-hmm. But it's I am guilty. It's not even a sometimes thing. Yeah, it's it's always you're right. It's a, it's a almost. <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. But I had to really ask myself, am I assigning my interpretation to this? Or, you know, my, my favorite, oh, she used to say this to me all the time. Is there another way we can look at this? 
And I challenge people to do that when you're upset with someone. Take a moment and ask yourself, is there another way I could look at this? And, you know, you know. like, oh, and that gets you because you're like, obviously, yes, but I don't want to because this is how I'm feeling. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and I don't and I would tell her that I'd be like, obviously, the answer is yes. Um, and and the thing is, you have the right to feel how you feel. There's a reason you're feeling it. There's a reason you're angry. Someone's crossed the boundary that's that's you protecting you. There's something going on that, that, that there is validity to. But what you can't do is react based off of your emotions. You can't let your emotions rule the situation. And that's the difference. You can feel what you want to feel. You can think what you want to think. But that that is an internal process. You're entitled and valued in whatever you're feeling. But that doesn't mean because I'm feeling this, I can react any way I want. I can respond any way right. I want. And I, and I use anger as a good example because it's just a really easy emotion to react, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm mad at someone and they've made me mad, I might feel mad enough to slap you, but I can't actually do that. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. so you gotta, you gotta, <clears throat> well, you could, I mean, I could, you can do whatever, but that's not how we do, right? That's right, not that's appropriate. Not it's not, you know, that's it's not productive. That's not going to solve anything. That is me um, reacting and not responding. Mm -hmm. And there is mm -hmm. a big if you live your life between reacting, reacting and responding. Mm-hmm. If you spend your life reacting to everything, that puts you in an anxious state because mm -hmm. you're waiting for the world to happen to you. Yep. And the world is chaotic and you never know what people are going to say or do to you. It doesn't matter. You, just, you can't control you, that. No. And you can't plan for it. And so um, what I have found is that for me, I have to control myself and what I can. And I've had more positive reactions. I've had more positive mm -hmm. relationships. I'm less anxious <laughs> when I deal with confrontation because I am mm -hmm. responding, not reacting. I don't have to worry about Correct. being, oh, I'm going to get so mad that I'm going to do something I'm going to regret. You know, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't do that because there's tools I've put in place yeah. to make it where I respond and I don't react. And, and good, it's just, good, good. You know, it's almost, it's almost it, magic. It, it is. It's almost like I don't. It has been such a good experience for me over the last year and a half. I mean, I was in therapy for about mm -hmm. two years. Too, so let me just good. say year and a half because I had to do the work to get to this point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, man, that <laughs> work is day a beast. One, you know, I had to do the work to get there. Mm -hmm. um, and it but it, and it is made, work. It is work. It makes my relationships with other people so much better. I'm not reacting. Yeah. It's such a much more mm -hmm. calm, respectable environment <laughs> for me mm -hmm. and those around me. And that's really important. And when you say you have to do the work, I cannot stress this to people enough. Going to therapy, Man. even if you go once a it's week, hard. is not enough. It's hard. I There were days where I was like, I really do not want to go. And mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. Some days I didn't have the spoons. I didn't have the effort to do it. Most day, most weeks mm -hmm. I did. and mm -hmm. But there was work afterwards. There were books she gave me mm -hmm. to read. There were 
breathing exercises, visuals. What's some good books that you read? Uh, I read, oh God, what is the name of that book? Uh, there's one about codependency, which is interesting. <laughs> is it attached? Uh, most people think no. It is codependency. I can barely, I can no barely, more. I can barely hear you kind of find it. You're okay. kind of far outside. Okay. Did you hear me now? Okay. It's called, uh. Yes, I can hear you oh, better. Good. It's called Codependent No More. Um, it's by. Let me write that down. Melody, Beatty, it's B-E-A-T-T-I-E, and it's codependent no more, and a lot of people, I think when we hear codependency, we think uh, relationships, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, oh, it's, it's girls that are dependent on their boyfriend, there's people that can't be alone, and some of that is true. But really, uh, and I'm just going to read just one line that really sunk with me in this book. It literally says, a a codependent person is one who has let another person's behavior affect him or her and who is obsessed Mm. with controlling that person's behavior. And if that shit wasn't me to a fucking T, I don't know what it is. Wait, run that back. Run that back one more time. Listen to what this is saying. A codependent person is one Mm -hmm. who has let another person's behavior affect him or her and who is obsessed Mm -hmm. with controlling that person's behavior. So I So the codependent person is trying to control the other person? Yes. You're it's not even that you're 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 affected by what other people are doing. I'm bothered Mm -hmm. because you're not doing the right thing. I'm bothered because you're supposed to be doing this. I'm bothered so because you want, you're you, supposed you want to, to hear something this. funny? Mm-hmm. So you want to hear something funny? Yeah. The biggest issue that I've had with people, not just with friendships, but relationships, the whole gamut, was that I was assigning people to an elevated status. I was uh, assigning I people to, to best friend. I mean, like, yeah. or the woman of my dreams or whatever. And then yeah. they would be who they actually were. And I would be upset, even though they've it's never shown me anything different. Expectations. You got to you gotta have mm-hmm. realistic expectations. Uh, I used to say, I can't keep expecting me from other people. And that's where, we like, can. my obsession would kind of come into. Why? Well, that's not how I would answer you. That's not what I would say. I would never say that. I would never do that. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? And when they talk about oh, obsession over yeah, and obsessed controlling behavior, it's when you decide that if this person would just, this person problem would be solved. <laughs> right. If you would How just, if they would just, make. if they could just, if they just, 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 you're going to just yourself to death. And you don't realize mm-hmm. that you're being dependent on your own happiness based off of someone else's feelings. If they would just do this, mm-hmm. I would be happy. If they would just do mm-hmm. this, I would be happy. And that's what they mean by codependency and affecting. And then the controlling behavior comes in. It's literally this idea that if other people would do what I need them to do for me, then I would be happy. So you're not trying to get happiness from yourself. You're not trying to solve the problem by controlling what you're doing. You're literally sitting there dependent on other people for your own happiness and, and, and guidance while simultaneously saying, you know better. And well, so you know what's so dangerous? You know what's dangerous about that? 
especially dating people like that. And I'm speaking of this from a place as being formally codependent and dating people that are codependent. The reason why they're so dangerous is because codependent people are having an un they have an unrealistic expectation of their spouse. Mm-hmm. They're expecting their spouse to fix their unhappiness. Mm-hmm. And when said unhappiness does not occur, I mean, said happiness does not occur, they will blame the external source and then go seek another external source mm-hmm. because they think that, oh, well, if you could make me happy, it's obviously your fault. So I yeah. need to take this codependency show on the road. Well, it's, uh, it's you know, it's like uh, that, uh, what, what Will Smith said about Jada, like, I'm not responsible for your own happiness. You know, and, and part of being codependent is is feeling guilt, you know, when you set boundaries and maybe someone doesn't respond to those appropriately. So now you feel guilty. Don't feel guilty for setting your boundaries as long as you're doing nope. it, to quote, to quote my therapist, gentle but firm, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I can set my boundaries, but it does matter how I set those. I can't just be like, bitch, you got me fucked up and we're not going to fuck around like this. Like, I have to, there's a way to right. communicate <laughs> that's healthy and happy. But like, this isn't and, right. Yeah. And, yeah. No, you're, you're a thousand percent correct. And, and I tell people all the time because assertiveness was something I worked, I, I had an issue with. Yeah. But then when I got into more man, managerial roles and that was expected of me, I mm-hmm. realized that there was a difference between being assertive and aggressive. I yes. thought if I wanted to be assertive, I had to be aggressive and be emotional with it. Untrue. You can tell somebody, yeah. hey, there's no there's no cussing on this show. And if you continue to curse, I'm going to have to you know, take you off the air. That's not and aggressive. That's, that's simply no. telling you this is what's going to this is the consequence of your action. You can yes. continue if you'd like, but you're going to have to go do it somewhere else. Exactly. And if somebody interprets that as and what I've come to find out is as I started making these boundaries up, I met a lot of resistance and the resistance came from people who were very who were used to manipulating me. Those are mm-hmm. the only people that had a problem with it. Uh, They're like, I don't like this. I want it back the old way. Yeah, I mean, or or uh, my personal favorite is they they try and bring out the old you. As if you haven't mm-hmm. grown and become a different person, yep. you know they're they're responding based off of which you know we all yeah. we all do this uh, based off of what I think you're gonna do and what I'm used to using mm-hmm. and what and and when you do that because you know I'm I'm guilty everybody's guilty of it okay that isn't everybody mm-hmm. is guilty everybody is oh, if yeah. I go into a conversation with you. And I go in being adversarial. I go in going, okay, Donaldson's going to yell at me and scream and all that stuff. I'm already geared up for all of my responses to you to be based off of that assumption. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a Mm self-fulfilling prophecy because I'm not giving you the space to respond any differently. I'm not giving you the space. People don't think about that. No. You're forcing their reaction. Yeah, Exactly. If I go into it going, Donaldson's going to react like X, Y, and Z, I've already set myself up for the reaction. So it's a self, mm-hmm. so everything you say, I'm going to view through that inspection, not what's actually mm-hmm. happening. So maybe your tone's mm-hmm. a little different. Well, now mm-hmm. you're clearly being rude. You're p- clearly being aggressive. Okay, now it's fight month. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. 
Vaseline and you hair, know, the hair best, tied up. The best example I have of that is if somebody owes you money. <laughs> so no, no, think about it. So say, so say I'm, I'm Amanda owes me five dollars. <laughs> say Amanda owes shit. me five dollars, right? I don't owe you. And I shit. come up to her in in a crowd of friends and be like, hey motherfucker, where's my five dollars? So if I come to Amanda with that energy, I've embarrassed her. I'm talking yeah. loud. Yeah. I've forced her hand. She only has she lit I have literally only given her two options. One is to give me the money, even if she rightfully owes it to me, and feel like a punk, which is a mm -hmm. win-lose, or, which is more probable, her pride gets injured, and she takes it up to the next level. And then my yeah. mind, I'm like, uh-huh, I knew she didn't want to pay me. Sorry, mother. Bleep, bleepity, bleepity, bleep. And now, the very scenario that I did not want to happen, but thought was going to happen, I created Exactly. And people don't realize how much of their own worlds they create. And, and I notice it, especially going back to that trauma book, with physical or physical activities or activities that people like to do and would like to try. What's the very and think about this. And I want you to everybody that's listening, Amanda, you included, when you go and try to do something new especially some kind of physical activity that you've never tried before. What's the first thing you say when you, you don't, you're not good at it? I can't. Oh, I suck. I, I can't do that. <laughs> I suck. I can't. Do, that is I literally the yeah. first thing that we all say. Like, I suck. Mm -hmm. I, 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 and you're embarrassed. Why you're mm -hmm. embarrassed? Because mm -hmm. no one else has these lofty expectations of you. You're sitting there thinking that there's this imaginary audience judging you even though it's probably your first time and no one's yeah. good at anything for the first time the imaginary but you, you get audience. so embarrassed you stop mm -hmm. yeah the imaginary we all have this imaginary me. Oh, man, that imaginary audience that is hard okay go yeah. ahead man <laughs> how's it going what you got hi it's going man hello well sean <laughs> introduce yourself this is, yeah. well, uh, let me introduce you. So everybody, this is Sean. This is my very first big collaborator that I've had to the podcast. He helped me design my website. Not helped, he did it for me. He's an excellent web designer. And if you want to, and he has, I don't know how to say delicious cakes to another man without sounding suspicious, but he I does mean, have dangerously delicious. Dangerously delicious. Wait, wait, wait. We're talking like edible cakes, not not booty cakes. Yeah. <laughs> not, not booty cakes, but okay, they're edible cakes that are <laughs> liquor. Yeah. You know what? Instead of me butchering things, I'll let you I introduce yourself. Because you, you're like, he's got cakes. And I'm like, are we talking edible or like it, back door cakes? I don't know. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> That's what I was trying to avoid. So I'll, I'll let you introduce yourself as I've already butchered the intro. Oh, you're good. So my name is Sean Kelly. Uh, uh, and I'm getting feedback from somewhere, but uh, my podcast is going to be released. Headphones. Go ahead, man. Okay. Uh, my podcast is going to be released October 1st. Uh, my website is www.beamanpodcast.life. So, and that, that, 
echo is bothering me. But anyways. Uh, I don't know where it's yeah. coming from. I don't know. Is it me? Oh, I hear oh, it too. Uh, try muting. You know what? I can try muting you real quick. I'm going to see if that helps. Okay. All right. How about that? Let's try it out. No, it didn't, it didn't mute. Hold on. All right. How does that sound? All right. A little Are bit we better. there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you hear me? Is that a little bit better? I think so. Um, okay. That's what it is. Well, no, it's still there. Anyways. So um, I have multiple businesses that I'm working on. Uh, one that you were talking about is called Drunk Baker Grubbery. So it's alcohol infused cakes. Um, and just got done finishing a whiskey cake. And I'm still here in the. I don't know who who else is. Uh, no, no one else. No one else is no here. One else, Hold yeah. on. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure where it's coming from. I've tried changing different things in different settings. How are you talking through? Are you talking through your computer? Uh, my Bluetooth. Let me turn it yeah, off. It, it might be it. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Because usually when it has Bluetooth, it creates a lag. Uh, that's Maybe why that's generally it. they don't accept Bluetooth. It, yeah, it creates like a little bit of a yeah, feedback I think it's loop lag. I, okay. Well, let me let Amanda back in the show. But tell us what you you said you wanted to say a little something extra about the topic. Yeah, um, I can still hear it too. So earlier, uh, talking about the um, projecting my own thoughts onto somebody else, I had mm -hmm. that exact conversation with a friend of mine talking about my now ex-wife. And it took me about eight years to finally, like, Pull the trigger on doing anything, and I had somebody tell me that my then wife is a narcissist. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. So, like, you don't know what you're talking about, and all this other stuff. And <laughs> but the curiosity set in, and as I started looking into it, I was like, oh my god, that is like that's her, and. Mm -hmm. As I like went through it and discovered that my I'm codependent or a former codependent, still codependent, but working on it. Um, I was sitting there talking to my friend, and I said that exact statement is like, "Is it me like assigning this to her because I want it to be there?" Mm -hmm. And yep, like. I had to have like him validate that it's like no, it's definitely not just you, and um, yeah. So anyways, and then, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say that's probably that's why you ask yourself, but there's usually why I said you know is there another way of looking at it, or even how Donaldson said, you know, what evidence is there of this? You know, are you a repeated offender? Is this something you've done to other people? So there's evidence out there to let right. you know, like, it isn't just me sometimes. <laughs> I think, you you know, talking so, to another person helps with that, you know. Yeah, big time. Um, you know, the most part, alarming thing that I read in that book, in the trauma book, and it shook me to my core, was they were taught, there were two stories that they told. One 
was about a Vietnam vet who all of his friends were killed in his platoon. And the doctor that wrote the book attempted to give him a sleep aid. And he didn't want it because he said it would do his friends a disservice and he had to be a living memorial to those people. And then the other one was about a young girl who became a, who was a prostitute beaten by her pimp. And when she was able to get away and went to rehab, she met a young, she met a young man who was normal. She didn't like him. And while she was in the program, she read about, she talked about how good being a prostitute was. And as soon as she got out, she got into a relationship with a heroin addict who immediately started beating her too. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor, as he did his um, research, he found that people who've been through trauma will go out and repeat the trauma to try and gain victory over the initial trauma. When I heard that, Mm. it hit me like a ton of bricks because Mm. then I started going back and really looking at some of the scenarios that reignited my previous trauma only to realize that I had inadvertently put myself in those situations over and over and over and over. And the only thing that's different about Donaldson then is Donaldson now is I see those things coming and instead of feeling this overwhelming compulsion to go and fight those things I flee those things because I realize there's nothing wrong in stepping away from a a situation that does you no advantage you don't have to fight everything it's not required but like he was saying I think there is some concern about even when you say, like, I can't assign my own shit to other people, there is concern that you don't want to give someone a pass either. I don't want to excuse right. someone's shitty-ass behavior because I constantly right. say, it's not really happening, it's just me. And that's a that's a mm-hmm. trap. And, and I think mm-hmm. um, you learn by talking to other people to see if that's something else going on. There's other evidence in the world around you besides just mm-hmm. yourself. But you should trust yourself, right. it, you know, because at the end of the day, and I hope I'm even if everybody else said that's not what she was doing, that's not who she was. It's how she's making you feel. And you if you can't do things to to control it or change things that are making it better, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's how you feel. And right. you're entitled to those feelings. Right. It's how she's making you feel. And that's why I say in intent doesn't affect impact you know it mm-hmm. if i step on someone's foot i apologize it's not my intention to do it but i apologize because i've done an offense and people don't want to do that and right, narcissists right. don't want to do that i've had the pleasure of dating a narcissist before they don't want to do that they're draining they're exhausting and yeah. they do treat teach you to question yourself that's some of the best things narcissists are good at is is having you question your own reality and and that's always the balancing act between everything is what what am i assigning my interpretation and what is actually happening and it's a fine Mm -hmm. line sometimes and it's easy to not trust yourself or second guess and so you do reach out to other people for a little you know it's it's, it's funny that you say that because I've started to realize more and more 
that school has plays a part into that. And it's all in this kind of cyclical loop. So over the last few weeks, I've realized that I really, 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 really enjoy learning. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I was like, if I like learning so much and I can do it all day, what is it about school that I suffered so much in? Because like, even when I'm in classes now, I will have anxiety about testing. And mm-hmm. so for over the last few days, I've sat down and thought about like, why, where does this anxiety come from? And then I realized it's because of the way that school is set up for us to teach. It's set up for, instead of you being geared and taught the things that you are maybe have a natural aptitude at, and this is like two part, they teach you all this different stuff and they teach it to you in a set time frame and then you're tested on it and then you're ranked on it. And that absolutely, if comparison is the thief of joy and you're not supposed to compare yourself to somebody, they do that to you for 12 years. They assign yep. you a rank. And then in assigning you this rank, they tell you that if you're at the lower part of this rank, guess what? Your life is going to be inferior compared to these people who are superior to you because they're good at school. They're good mm-hmm. at memorizing and regurgitating. That is right. different than learning and having a... So what, well, what happens when doing that is that you go through this indoctrination for about a good 12 years. And while it's happening, you are slowly being eroded away and pretty much told not to trust your gut instinct. Because Mm -hmm. I think everybody on this call can say that while you're in school, you enjoyed some classes more than others. And school never felt right. You're like, I know that this is supposed to be the road to success, but why am I so resistant to it? Everybody else oh. seems like they're doing so well, but I hate this shit. Homework, I, homework. I really don't. <laughs> homework, homework, homework. killed. Homework killed. And there's never. Killed. And then here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is the other reason why it kills your gut instinct. I realize. So I've been learning how to draw. And while learning how to draw, I, tr- I found myself doing it in the normal way school teaches you. You know, you sit down with a tutorial on YouTube and you go step by step. I get bored and I can't keep up, and so I stop. When in reality, it's better for me to grab the material and just try and just mm-hmm. see what happens, and I learn it that way. They don't teach you that in school. They teach you, this is the way you do it. If you don't learn it this way, you're doing it wrong, and you're yeah. stupid. Yeah. Because a, yeah. a mistake in school is a mistake, but a mistake in the real world is actually a learning experience. Which, which is funny because, yeah, now, nowadays, mistakes, I learn best from my mistakes, so it's funny. But right. homework, I could not, I loved learning, tested well, couldn't stand homework. And it would kill my grade because I didn't want to do it. Why do yeah. I need to take it home? Yeah. Why do I need to take it home if I'm mm-hmm. testing well? You know, um, and and what is that quote? You know, official seems stupid if you ask them to climb a tree. You know, they we, we don't have time, though. I feel like school systems, Mm. they don't have time to make it cater to each person or each thought. And so they're just trying to streamline it. You know, and and it's not that I'm just like out here bashing teachers or saying that they're wrong or anything, but I'm okay. I'll give you a good example. Um, 
this is something that I discovered. So everybody on this call knows about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Yes. And so I was talking to a friend of mine and we were, I think you know her, Tracy, we were talking about the self-actualization piece. So the way that Maslow's works is physiological needs, you know, water, air, food, safety needs, love and belonging, esteem, and then the last one being self-actualization. So it's really hard to go through one of the, you can't get to the top step until you go through these other ones. But this is something mm -hmm. I didn't know about Maslow's hierarchy, and it, it will explain Western culture to a T. So number one, apparently he stole it. He stole it from the Blackfoot Indians. And oh, there, right. and, 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 and the actual triangle, right, Maslow's hierarchy, is actually a teepee. I don't know where that came from. So it's actually a teepee. And at the bottom of the list, and you'll notice the difference, it goes self-actualization, community actualization, and then cultural perpetuity. So in their way of doing it, where the Western version is very individual, it's all about getting better for yourself. In the Blackfoot way of doing things, you become a better person to help out the rest of the community. Oh, that's totally yes. different. It, it is well, different. That's it, a totally different way of thinking. What's that? Well, I was going to say that's one of the things behind my podcast is mm -hmm. learning to become a better man for the whole of the community. And it's, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily just for yourself. You know, that's obviously number one because, you know, it by being better and you know, better is kind of a generalized term, but by being more productive within yourself, then now you can then uh, turn around and then help others. Yeah. I, um, that honestly, that's, that's my, that's the, Therapy has, as I've worked on myself to be the better version of myself that I can be, that's what I always say. I'm trying to be the best version of myself I can be, whatever that means. And, and that's all you can do. It It's naturally radiating and seeping into my other relationships. So because mm -hmm. I've, I am working on my traumas, my issues, my shit, it's allowing mm -hmm. me to have more fulfilling, open and beautiful relationships with other people. And so it's all the, to real me, relationships. It, yeah. But it's all to me, the same concept is you don't make your community. I mean, you, you can, I'm sorry. So there, there are certain instances where it's true, but the best way for you to make the world better, your community, better things, mm -hmm. better as a whole is always to start with yourself first. I'll and put that you will on help. Me real quick, Vega. I'm listening. Go ahead. And, and that will help radiate to your community and people that are closest to you. And I think that's Absolutely. really important is that you make changes by making sure you start with yourself. Yeah, Absolutely. we have another guest on the line. <clears throat> hey, Vega, what's going on, man? Hey, how's it all going? You guys hear me clearly? Yeah, hi. I can hear you very well. All right, it's such a beautiful moon out tonight. All right, all right. So did you have something to add on to the topic, Seth? Well, actually, you know, and I do hear that um, that playback, that double. That echo. I'm not sure what that is. Um, but, you know, 
I'm 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 actually um just really really excited to be on the podcast. I want to say thank you first and form, uh, foremost. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, let me give me a second. Give me a second, guys. It's actually up in the attic. Right there. Real quick, real quick. Pass me the pipe. Hurry up and come back outside. Okay. Excuse me, guys. Let me give you, uh, you can mute me for, for a moment. Sure. So, yeah, I just, it's, it's a balancing act. I think therapy, working on your trauma, working on your trauma is, is, if I can, if it's okay for me to just talk for a minute, but. Go for it. Working on, working on your trauma is a balancing act between your own responsibilities and what's happened to you. What's happened to me happened, not my fault, but I am responsible for growing from that and not letting that rule my life. And I think people aren't, some people aren't used to that. Self-awareness is really hard. And I would say that's the biggest thing for doing your therapy, trauma work, being a better person. Everything we're talking about today all to me boils down to your ability to be self-aware of how you affect your environment and how you respond to things. There is an honesty in, in growth. And that's a really hard step to get to, is to be honest with yourself in that growth. Yeah, absolutely. Like 100% yeah. agree there. That's just my two cents on on growing from trauma. On that side, um, is your yeah. self awareness? Can you guys hear me? Always. Yeah, can we can hear, hear you. Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, so we just had a bonding moment that you don't even realize, because something that's really clicked for me, man, is being honest with myself, mm -hmm. and it's an incredibly hard, incredibly hard thing to do. We think it's easy. But when you encounter something and it disturbs you and it creates that physiological response, and for me, like mouth goes dry, you know, standard stuff, and being honest and saying, wait a second, this thing bothers me. Like it actually, it actually, is somebody playing through their headphones or through a computer? I'm playing through headphones is anybody with Bluetooth. Okay, so well, maybe I'm that's what's causing it. My phone microphone. Is it on speaker? Yes. Oh, that yeah, might be it. Try to it off speaker. Yeah. That's, I don't. Uh, uh, hold on. Okay. I think Vegas um, ready again. All right. All right, I'm back, guys. Vega, you in here? You in there? All right, man. Tell us what you got. Yes. So development, self-development, there's no way to really help our environment if we don't develop internally. Externally, will be, it'll be shown, um, especially um, your, your external environment. You know, it's all about how you treat yourself inside. And yes, truth, honesty is one of the um, main components of growth. Mm-hmm. So I second that emotion. Absolutely. Yeah. 
yeah, it's but man, if and, and you start to realize that you can only get back what you you can only get back what you put out. So if mm-hmm. you're not being if you at the very minimum are not being honest with yourself, how and then do you plan on turning around and being honest with others? It's really not too feasible. And the thing about it is when you have gut instincts, your gut instinct can pick up things that aren't incongruence. So mm-hmm. if somebody's being dishonest with themselves, they're in turn being dishonest with you. It creates a poor feedback loop. That's why we have a tendency to, even if a person is a negative, nasty person, even if they're still being organically who they are, you can still gravitate to that and still deal with it because at least they're being honest about who they are and the emotions that they're having. It's really difficult to deal with a person who has that passive aggressive nature that's not honest about their emotions because you can never get a real read on them. You'll say, hey, everything okay? Yeah. Yeah, everything's okay. But everything about them tells you that it's not okay and then everywhere they treat you shows that it's not okay but you can't ever get to a resolution. You know, but that's, see, yeah. when I hear that, my first thought is, that's their shit, not my shit, you know? <laughs> like, Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. like, and, and the, like, it comes down to your, you as an individual, and your mm-hmm. honesty with yourself, and your accountability <clears throat> with yourself, and the parts you play in this stuff, and, and setting those boundaries. If I let someone in my life that is constantly a habitual line crosser at a some line point, stepper a habitual line stepper at some point a that's on me. you know what i mean at some point that's on me if, mm-hmm. if i'm not setting those boundaries if i'm not breaking yeah, the patterns in certain cycles if i'm not owning mm-hmm. up to hey maybe i didn't respond the best way maybe i wasn't my best self in those moments yep. And so that's what I mean when I say it's important to be self-aware, to hold yourself accountable, and to do things that are good for you. You know, like I said, I will cut a motherfucker off because you're ruining my peace. It's straight up. I don't, I can't, I can't. But you know, what's so powerful about that, when you say to yourself, okay, this person did something to me, in my locus of control, what could I have done to establish a boundary? Okay, mm-hmm. I could have done this. Okay, the next time I have an interaction with that person, I will do it. If the same thing comes up, I will do such. What I used to do in the past is, I can't believe that this person did something to I, And This is really how I thought. I can't believe that this person did this thing to me. It must be yep. something about me that allows people to do that to me. I'm just insert whatever negative thought it didn't take any ownership of it i just thought that there was something intrinsically wrong with me that would cause people to treat me in such and, a fashion and what, when that was i was actually is, creating it though mm-hmm. but what's interesting about that is there are people like you that say there's something wrong with me and then there's people mm-hmm. that say there's nothing wrong with me and mm, everything is always happening to you. You know, I uh, I yeah. stopped being friends with someone last year. And one of the last things I said to her was that. I said, you know, you probably need to learn to take responsibility for the part you played in this. Because not everything is happening to you. 
And that's a really hard right. pill to swallow because it's so easy to it say, is. well, they did this to me and they're doing this and my boss did this and my significant other's doing this and so-and-so's doing this. And you don't stop to think, okay, what did I do to get us there? What, yeah. what part and did you know, I people, play in this? People with that victim mentality, and that's not a word that I ever really used because when I heard it, it was always from people trying to really make trying to, you know, persecute the victim. But then as I get older, I start to realize that victim mentality is very real with some people mm-hmm. and it paralyzes their life. Whenever like they say, you know, there's an opportunity at work or something like that, which is made up scenario. Oh, you should go apply for this promotion. Oh, they'll never give it to me. Well, well why do you think that? I don't know, but I just know they don't like me. Okay. Well, what has actually happened to you on the job? that lets you know that they don't like you. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, nothing I, I really, but it's just looks. It's just looks, man. I just know it. So I'm like, so you're not even going to try because if you don't even try, you're a hundred percent guaranteed not to get the job. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to get fired. Okay. Well, how do you know you're going to get fired? You're, you're getting yourself worked up about something that might not even happen. What do you, what do you, and, and it's identifying. Mm-hmm. What have I seen to get me to this point? And if I don't have any evidence, I can't pinpoint, I can't say, well, I saw someone else do exactly what I did and they got fired or this mm-hmm. or that. I'm just making stuff up in my own head at that point. Yeah. You know? It's just in your head. And, and, it's and imaginary. So, so there are, that's why I say there are people like, like you or even me where I'm like, I'm, I, I just suck. I'm not going to, you know, I did something wrong with me, blah, blah, blah. And then there's people that are like, I got fired from a job. I don't even know why. And you find out like, oh, you were taking two hour lunches every day. Well, I think, you know, you know what I mean? And there are people out there that will be the problem, be their own problem. And refuse hold on, hold to on. see really, it. I, it's always so, happening to you. I have a really funny story about a guy that I used to, uh, and I can still hear this echo, so I don't know where it's coming from anyway. Okay. Um, there was this guy that I used to live in this apartment complex with, and he got fired from his job. Two things happened to him that always stuck out. One, he got fired from his job as a security officer, and two, his vehicle got uh, towed. So in this first instant, he got fired as a security officer. I asked him, well, what happened? I would, somebody was stuck in the elevator and I was trying to get him out. And I was like, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense that they would fire you. Well, what else happened? Now that's it. Well, you know, I might have drank a beer or two before the start of the shift. <laughs> and they might have smelled it on my breath. And I'm like, dude, how are you just going to leave that part out of the story? And then the well, same individual, it's, it's threefold. I can't. I can't. Hold on, no, hold on, hold on. Let me just say two other parts, and I'll, and I'll let you add it. The same individual bought a Chrysler 300 with his unemployment check. And then was like, and he was making the payments with his unemployment check. And then no. was surprised when, yeah, yeah, it was surprised when he got taken. And then the same individual, we had assigned parking spots. He parked in somebody else's parking spot, got towed, and then got mad at the owner of the spot. And I asked him, "Well, why are you mm-hmm. mad when it's when your spot?" Well, he knew it was me. He knew it was me, and I, so, but he took no ownership. 
I can't. I can't. I can't. If you want to see None. me revert back to a version of me before therapy, please don't be accountable for your actions in front of me. I will. <laughs> what do you do? Like, I can't. I can't. I call people out real quick like that. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. I have, I, I'm gentle and firm, but not in that situation. I am the first person to be like, yeah, but like, why did you park there? Well, you know, you knew it was well, me. Yeah, but like, why did you park there? You was your spot taken? Is there a reason? <laughs> like, I just, I can't. I just didn't grow up not being accountable. And honestly, I grew up mm -hmm. being almost too accountable, where I took responsibility yeah. for other people's responses to me. But I just, I, I can't mm -hmm. see that. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't, like that doesn't mesh in my brain. And so, like, I, I can't. I won't have the empathy. I lose empathy mm -hmm. for people that are like that. Straight yeah. up, that's what yeah. I do. I, uh, when, I will lose empathy. And if I don't have empathy, I can't promise you that I'm going to give you any sort of advice or support. And I'm probably going to make you feel bad about what you just did. You know, I, I you know, what do you mean? You know, like, what do you mean? It's well, funny you that you say that <laughs> because I get there, but it takes me a little bit longer to get there. But mm -hmm. I, I get there. Absolutely. Because at some point you start to say, okay, man, like you're doing this to yourself. You mm -hmm. don't want to take any ownership of this. Like a all. little bit, like just a little bit. Like, like even taste. Even you know, like, you know, like, I mean, I had a beer at work. I didn't think it was a big deal. I was saving someone in an elevator and they smelled it on me, but I wasn't drunk. I could live with that. I can live with that. You know what's funny? That. I tell this to people. I tell this to people all the time when they tell me their dating woes. They're like, I can't find anybody. This is man or woman. And I say, okay, well, what part do you play in it? Nothing, nothing. I say, you know what? Here's the thing. Even if you're perfect in every relationship you have, there's one thing that you're probably doing that you are going to have to own. And people are like, mm -hmm. oh, well, what's that? You have a horrible picker then if all your relationships end in disaster guess what the contributing factor probably is you you're, going around you're common, picking up fucked up people yeah you're yeah. the common denominator because i've, I've or, done it i've done yeah, it i mean i you know we uh, me and my husband actually went through couples therapy um mm -hmm. right before i Which went is a really to hard thing to do oh man i Honestly, I think everyone should do it. <laughs> I think it's. I think if you are in a committed relationship, by all means, uh, and do it. Because at the end of the day, it a lot of it is a communication issue and not understanding where the other person is coming from. And the first thing, the first thing she said to us, really, when we were were doing the sessions, was, uh, "You're both contributing to the pattern." There's a mm -hmm. pattern of how you guys fight. It doesn't really matter mm -hmm. what you're fighting about because the pattern is the same. It can be something small. It can Do be you mind sharing the pattern? Uh, yeah, I, I will share the pattern. All right, what you got? <laughs> so I am um, hypercritical of people. I, mm -hmm. I'm, it, it, a lot of that is how I was raised, you know. Every, every problem could have not happened if you had just been proactive about it. And, you know, so I'm, I'm having these arguments with my husband and I'm criticizing him, you know, or we're fighting about something. And so he feels bad. He feels bad because I feel bad. 
So he wants to get defensive. And so he's being defensive and not being accountable or owning up to what he's done to me. So now we're in this cycle because I'm triggered because my whole uh, center of my depression is really feeling unheard and understood. So now you've triggered my depression. So now I'm in my trauma response. So now I'm not thinking with my frontal cortex, that's my lizard brain is coming to town and it's fucking Godzilla up in this bitch. And I'm about to fucking burn this whole place down in front of you, you know? And that became the pattern. I was so busy trying to get my point across, so busy trying to tell him what he's done to me that I'm not taking responsibility for maybe how we got there or the way I'm responding, doing that whole, well, I'm mad, so it's okay if I yell and cuss at you. I'm mad. You did something. You've done something. And it's not. Yeah. You know, it's not. And it was him not, we grew up differently. He didn't have the same relationship with his mom. He didn't have the same shit happen to him um, that has happened to me. And so there was a level of not understanding. There was a level of him being defensive. So he's not taking accountability. Like I said, that's obviously my favorite thing for people to do. I respond beautifully to it. Um, and, um, and, and, And so it was just this cycle. It's just a cycle. I'm mad. I tell you something you're doing mad. You feel bad and you want to be defensive. So then you want me to feel as bad as you're feeling and you're not listening to me and I don't feel understood and heard. So now I'm going to scream and now I'm going to yell and now I'm going to cuss and now I'm going to break something and now I'm going to cry. And it's just this, this bad loop. It's just this fucking yeah. loop we're in. And, and it, it, it's a horrible loop. And when she said like, it doesn't matter what we're fighting about. It is the same pattern. And the reason I say everybody should go to couples therapy or if you're having communication, understanding issues, you should, is because our couples therapist told us, I'm not here to solve your problems. That That's insane. That's not what my job is to do. My job is to teach you how to fight in a way that's not going to break your relationship. My job is to teach you how to break these patterns that are not working for you. And that made a difference. You're not here to tell me I'm right and he's wrong. You're not here to tell him he's right and I'm wrong. And in fact, there were some days I was going in there, I'm about to, she's about to eat him up. He just fucked up this whole week. I'm about to sit here and watch her tear his ass up, tell him how right I am. I can't wait. I'm sitting on the couch, like yeah. arms crossed, already going, mm-hmm, that's right. And she would turn around mm-hmm. and it, it, the session would end up being an hour long session about me. And I'm like, I didn't do anything. Yeah, you're like, hold the fuck up. Are we, Wait a second. Are we talking about me? I'm right phenomenal. Now? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, I had man. a very substantial reason to be irate and angry at him, and you're here to back me up. No. That is not what happens. Yeah. That is not what happens. It's, that is it's not funny. What I'm about to. Happens. I'm about to. I'm about to let cartel on. But that's exactly what happened to me. Like in our first session that we had in couples therapy, I'm sitting there ranting and raving, thinking that I'm right, and it's a dude. And the first thing he did, he looked over. He looked over at me and said, "I need to have one on ses- one-on-one sessions with you." Oh, right. Like, Wait. What? Wait a second. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what no, no, I'm you, the one that's you, like, we got to go to session back. Yeah. I'm like, we got to go to couples therapy. We got to go to couples therapy because you don't know how to act and you don't know how to handle me and you're not doing this. And sure enough, you know, it's, it's really like, in the uh, 
She's like, yeah, maybe she's doing her own therapy. <laughs> you said yeah, it's like yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's the way we respond to those mm-hmm. who that can't can't do what we feel we they can't get right or they can't do mm-hmm. right it's the way we respond mm-hmm. that actually gives yeah. them the answers to to solve their problems mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. we respond to yeah. someone who neglects us we got to understand that you know we are all designed to defend ourselves and defend our beliefs that's just yeah. something mm-hmm. that we have inside of us that is just triggered by um an experience Right, so then we are defensive, or in defensive, like she says, her Y chromosome, twenty third chromosome, reptilian chromosome goes on Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Right, and she turns mm-hmm. up. But see, that's that's just it. Sometimes we have to mother or father our partner into, hey, I understand what you're feeling and what you got going on and what you just did. You probably don't want to um, acknowledge what you did is. Is, is working for us, not right or wrong, but working for us. Yeah. So let me tell you that I understand what you what you're doing, but I need to I need to let you know further. Let you know how I feel about what you just did. Yeah. And, and if I, and, and I, if that response, yeah, and, and if and if their significant other doesn't respond in a way that you would like, still, you can still mm-hmm. walk them through how to treat you. When it comes to this mm-hmm. uh, exactly. situation, exactly, and and yes. that was yes. the thing yes. in couples, you know, the tool was like, okay, Almost here's a- how you fight, and it sounds stupid. Like, how are you going to tell me how to fight? And she's like giving us little pamphlets and and read this and look at these words. And the idea is, you're communicating that I am responding. You're making me feel like X. It's triggering Y. So I need this, I need Z from you. And your your yeah. partner is supposed to say, got it, get it, good kind of idea. And let me respond mm-hmm. back to you on what I need. You know, um, mm-hmm. our couples therapist told us the difference between criticism, it, it, there's criticizing and then there's a request. If I just mm-hmm. bitch at my husband without also telling him how to fix it, I'm now just criticizing you. And nobody likes to be fucking criticized. But if I say, mm-hmm. you know, hey, this bothers me, could you? And I follow it with something that he can do to make it better. That's a request. I'm setting you up for success and also not setting me up for failure. Because I cannot awesome. expect me from other people and I cannot sit here and assume people know how to treat me. Now, if I set mm-hmm, those boundaries and you're a habitual line mm-hmm. crosser, then you got me fucked up. But <laughs> yeah. it, is, it is my responsibility. It's my responsibility to communicate that with you and to make you understand. Yep. You know, yep. it, my husband didn't live my trauma. So if I don't explain mm-hmm. why this particularly sets me off, then it seems out of nowhere. There's no context. How can he, yeah, he right. hear me when there's no context to it? Mm, if I may, mm-hmm. I just recently mm-hmm. gave Good. up on on my relationship that I wanted to be engaged and married. Mm-hmm. I actually wanted that. <clears throat> I was done with you know giving my 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 heart another opportunity to to be in 
entangled with another and, I was, and with many at one time. But at this point in time in my life, I wanted to be with this one woman. Uh, she had my son, you know, my first son. I've never had a son. I have two, two daughters and uh, he's my first oh. son. And I wanted this to be the one and only for all time, in, infinite, mm -hmm. like from this life to the next life, I want to meet you. I want to see you again. Mm -hmm. And when, when time came, when there were ch multiple challenges, she didn't approach the bench as she should and say, yeah. hey, I know that you're feeling some type of way, you're, you're hurt. I can see that. Um, what can I do to better adjust for you and us so that we can be successful in our relationship? And I've multiple times told her, hey, this is how you should approach me when I'm broken like this. Mm -hmm. You see mm -hmm. me sitting at the mm -hmm. edge of the bed like for an hour to three hours. I would literally sit at the edge of the bed for three hours. Yeah. Right. See, and, and just sit there. <laughs> Right. Like you see me, you're walking in and out of our room. You see me. Sometimes you'll see me with tears in my eyes. Um, and, and, and her thing was she never had the right words to help me heal from something yeah. she did to me yeah. or something so she's lacking of. So what her thing was, is I wasn't brought up that way. I've never met a, a man that is open to his emotions mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, and he's, he, yeah. And it's like, it's like, well, yeah, well, this is how you, why are you so better than me? You're so this to me. No, I'm not. I just have experience and I know how to apply it. I have the formula and I'm going to apply it. I'm giving you the, 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 the tools for success. Please, please apply them. And she would never apply them. She would just stay on the other side of the house. And I just sit there and just in, in, in desperate need of help. So, and me, I don't believe, I don't believe in, um, well, it's not that I don't believe in God, but my perception of God is totally different than different. most people. So, yeah. you know, and, and so dealing with that and her being a diehard, um, Christian and her beliefs, you know, we would bump heads many yeah. times. Many yeah. times, but my bump head would be like, me bumping heads with her would be like, hey, well, you know, um, yeah, I get that. But Jesus doesn't want you to praise to, praise him. Jesus wants you to do what he did. If not, get the formulas and start applying it and, and, and look at the Bible as a manual. And don't look at it yeah. as something to, to, for help. It's not for your personal help. But it is for your it's for your personal gain and, 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 and that's to help others. I don't know if I'm making myself clear, but it, no, it's it for may, you it to fix yourself inside and then and, and help people around you to have a better environment. But it, like you said earlier today, we have to work on ourselves individually in order for our external environment to be at peace. Yeah. Yeah. And on, honestly, that's the biggest thing. I will say my husband didn't didn't understand my depression for many years. Uh, I'm I'm not a sit on the end of the bed. I'm a I will be in my shower for three or four hours. Oh my god, person. that's me too. I sit. I love the showers. Oh, depression in my shower is my shit. Anyway, hey, you, there's a warning. I, I if if I'm in the shower, shower, 
<laughs> what? I let like, it ride. No, because when I get depressed, I just no, no. Because when I get depressed, I just stay in the bed all day. I get, oh no, I just I'm either, naturally I'm in the shower in person, the bed. and I yeah. can't. I don't know. I don't no. even take shower. I will go. I'll, if, and this is and don't grow. I'm not trying to gross anybody out. But if I'm in a severe state of depression, I can go up to a week, week without bathing. Like if I don't have to go anywhere. And I'll eat very minimally. I'll very. I just won't move, and that's how my wife knows when something's wrong. No, the shower is my. I mean, I will be in the shower, running, laying in the tub for like two, three hours. That is my my comfort zone. You know, when a woman asks me that, when a woman asks me, well, well, what what signs do do, should I look for um, when I know I'm doing something wrong or I'm not doing what I should? And I tell every woman that I, you know, that I attempt to, you know, to give a chance with my heart. If I'm in the shower for for long periods of time, you have a problem. We have a problem. And if I'm at the (laughs) edge of the bed, if I'm at the edge of the bed for hours, we have a problem. But here's yeah. the here's the thing, and and I feel you so much on everything you're saying, especially if you feel like you're, you're giving people the tools to to handle you the right way, the way you're asking, you know. Because I used to say, you know, I I know my husband loves me, but he's not loving me the way I'm asking to be loved. He's loving me the way he thinks I should be loved, and those aren't the same things. Mm-hmm. They're not. Mm-hmm. But I also had to learn, at least in my couples therapy, that. I can't, I can't force someone to give me something that they can't give me. So or they don't, or they don't, or either they don't have the capacity to give it to me. You know, or or probably they just don't care. That's how I feel. It It could be it, but it could. Well, that's not always true. It could be all of those. I'm not saying it's your. It could be all. It could. No, no, no. It could be all of those. That's the, the, the truth is it could be all of those. But the reality is it's most likely not. It's most likely not on, someone here's a, here's not a bigger caring reality. about you. It's someone that doesn't understand. And for me, it's it. I, talk to, I tell this to my sister. because I love my mom, but my mom is not a warm, squishy person. So if I want to be mother, okay. I don't go to my mother to be mother. Mm-hmm. So I used to tell myself, yeah. my sister, if I go to Taco Bell... And I ask for a hamburger, and they tell me I don't have hamburgers. Why am I mad at Taco Bell? Exactly. It's not what they do. It's not what they do. And you have to accept part of the healing is is accepting people for who they are and where they are. And some of what you need, and I've had to learn this, is when you ask for it externally and you don't get it, you have to learn to get it from yourself. Oh you know, yeah, and I do my, that. And I do my, that. You know what I mean, and it's but it's frustrating. I hear you. It's frustrating because you want that support under press. I want someone to make me feel better and comfort me and love me and touch me and 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 comfort me and say the right word. But there's no guarantee they're going to do that. And if why are not, we in a relationship then? For why? other reasons. Well, so other reasons. Other my reasons. husband cracks me I mean, the fuck up. We we have a great I mean, time together. He learned. Um, I mean, he yeah, learned. that's good. That's good. And, you know, we have those moments, too. Well, we had those moments as well. But it was like, you know, I, I, I give you all the tools and I'd say, here, apply them. And, and you know, it's, it's these things are applicable to yeah. a person of your velocity or your capacity. I'm sorry. To your yeah. capacity. Why aren't you applying them? Why are you being lazy? And I will it's not say that this. I'm, 
there's a communication problem or a pattern here that's the break in the communication straight up because i she doesn't talk you're with and, and there's that and then there's some shit she needs to work out that has nothing to do with you her and that's inability what to give i thought what you want is is some shit she needs to work out but there's a way you're communicating in a way she's receiving it and vice versa, that there's a disconnect. Because I used to say the same thing. I don't get it. I'm telling you exactly what I need. I'm telling you exactly what not to do. I'm telling you all these things. Why aren't you getting it? There's no reason we shouldn't be on the same page. And I had to take responsibility for maybe the way I'm talking to you, the way I'm asking for those things. You know? Oh no, I was a big pussy. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I was the biggest female. <laughs> I'm the biggest female in the relationship. I'm like, babe, listen, babe, I don't like, that makes me feel very uncomfortable. Would you please yeah. like, you know, stop that right there? Because I, I, I don't do that, but I, you know, everything that I, that I have, what I used to do that you told me that yeah. you don't like, or you didn't speak on because you never have to speak. I, I have to always be the mind reader for you. I have to, yeah. I have to adjust, but everything that, you know, everything that, that, that I need you to do. You're, you're just not doing it. But here's what I need. And, and that, and, and, and so the let way me I ask you a approach question. her. Let me ask you a question, Cartel. Has this ever yeah. happened before in any of your previous relationships? Ooh, good question. Ooh, let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Ooh, good okay. Question. All my previous relationships were so toxic, mm-hmm. and, but at that moment, I was into the toxicity. So it worked for so me. So do you see, so do you okay. see that, that loop? Right there. That, that's the thing. Because. Go ahead, Don. Well, the I body, mean, hey, the, you body, the body and the mind likes homeostasis, right? The body and the mind and people like things the way that they've always been. And what we don't realize is that when we've been in a, a fair number of toxic relationships, your brain starts to adjust. And what I mean by that, just like somebody who's been in prison for a number of years, or maybe somebody that's lived in a dangerous country, your body starts to set to this high level of dopamine, basically. And so if you're in toxic relationship after toxic relationship, that dopamine triggers your sympathetic nervous system, increases heart rate, pupils get smaller or bigger, I can't remember which one, but it mimics love or what we think is love on TV. So then when we enter another toxic toxic relationship, all those things happen and you think that you're in love. But in reality, it's your body sending you a warning signal that this is about to happen again. But we misinterpret. And so we keep doing it. We keep doing it. And if you keep doing something long enough, it becomes a habit. Well, at some point we get tired of living these toxic relationships and we go and get a quote unquote normal relationship. Well, there's a problem with that. If you've been dating a certain type of way for 20 plus, 15 plus years, you've gotten really good at a certain type of relationship. And then when you get in a normal relationship, you actually are at a loss of how to function. And you, what you'll do is you'll insert chaos because it gets you back to the level that you're used to. Used to. And we never think, oh, it's all these people that I picked. It's all these people that I picked. Yeah, that you picked. Because yeah. even though we can't control who comes into our life, we do control who stays. 
And then, yeah. so if you start looking at things from a li- that lens, you're like, oh shit, it's been me this whole time. Because I was allowing these people who exhibited these traits to overstay their welcome. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I mean, yeah. honestly, for, for my for myself anyway, is a lot of times. It, Thank you for that, though. Thank you. Yeah, it's understanding where, that not everybody is going to give you what you need. And at the end of the day, the person that needs to give you what you need is yourself. You know, I love yeah, my husband. Absolutely. I joke all the time about it. I'm like, oh, we're not two halves. We don't, we're not two halves that make a whole, I'm a whole ass person and you're a whole ass person and we're two whole ass people that decided to do life together. You know, I, I'm, yeah. you're not my other half. You're, we're, I'm a whole person with or without you. You're my partner who I lo- want to do life and, and people don't want to think about that and we do put all these expectations you know i put for years i put expectations on on what my mom's supposed to be how my mom's supposed to respond mm-hmm. to me and yep. that was constantly setting myself up for failure for if disappointment. i'm expecting yeah. for disappointment and failure i'm going to be disappointed because that's not who she is and and i think that's why you have to accept people for who they are and where they are. And it's not your responsibility to make Absolutely. them better or to make them do better. It's your responsibility to protect your peace and be the best version of yourself in the hopes that everybody around you will also elevate. Because otherwise, you're expecting you from other people. I can't do that. So I got bad news, y'all. I got bad news. The show cuts off in the next three minutes. Okay. Uh, it only goes for two hours. We surprisingly have been off for an hour and fifty-six, well, fifty-seven minutes. Holy shit! Um, yeah, it, it it just flies by because it's yeah, like, you know this has been really therapeutic for me. I love yeah. talking to you guys. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for being a guest. I've already showed you the picture. I actually have a different picture I might send you. I uh, I mean surprise I me. I'm excited. I can surprise I'm excited. you. I can surprise you. I'm excited. Um, and I really you. want you to read that book. Yeah. Uh, when you get a chance, I, the body keeps the score. I think okay. you really I, enjoy it. It's hard. It's hard read. Perfect. That's what I like. It's right up my alley. You got to read uh, Codependent No More. It's not just for the got it written. people. Um, I got, hey, look, send me that link too. I want to get that book on my Amazon. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I'll send it you. to you. Uh, no, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for thank coming you for on. Letting me thank be you. A guest. I really appreciate it. Thank you for yes, letting me use you. profanity. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for letting me use profanity. Um, this was mm-hmm. this was wonderful. I have me yeah. anytime. I appreciate this podcast, yeah. and it's definitely um, like we've talked about before. It's definitely refreshing to hear. Um, males be in touch and honest with their feelings and emotions and mental health because we don't do it oh, yeah. thank you for mental that. health so I thank appreciate you, you. Well, thank you so much already man thank you guys I really so, do appreciate you guys having me too absolutely thank you for your insight he's going to be a guest he's going to be our next guest on the 3rd of okay. October cool 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 so not next awesome. Saturday I mean not next Sunday but the next Sunday I'll be having Cartel Vega back and we'll yeah. we'll talk some more about life and get it in and see what happens. All right. All Thank right. you so much. Bye. All right, everybody. It's bless, been real. Bless. I'll talk to you Namaste. all later. Talk Be blessed, people. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>